it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, buckle up. We got a wild one headed your way today, of course, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We are broadcasting, as we always do, from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not getting ready to testify before the House Oversight Committee today. No. A man by the name of Whistleblower X getting ready to take the stand one hour from now and dish some dirt on the Bidens. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. It is going to be fascinating, although i got to be honest with you. This might be the only place you'll hear about it because the media ain't going anywhere near this one. The media is a bunch of losers. We are all over it. Busy day on the show at 888-788. 9910. If you want in on a big Wednesday episode that will also feature a stellar guest lineup, Gianno Caldwell is going to be here, a Fox News political analyst, and Sean Duffy, cable news super hunk, co host of The Bottom Line on Fox Business, a former member of Congress who knows what's going on in Washington, all of that, as well as your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Check in. 888-788-9910. The show has one rule. I say this every day to the point of exhaustion. You can sing along at home. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just do not be a There it is. Happy Wednesday. On the Failavision, if you guys watched last night, we were on Gutfeld. I will post some of those clips today uh, on the Fox Cross America website, the Fox Cross America Facebook page. I'm also going to post last night's hit with Laura Ingram on the Ingram angle. Fox has, of course, unveiled a new primetime lineup this week. Uh, that I am uh, a little bit of a part of, um, Gutfeld and, and Ingram. Tonight I'll be on with Jesse Waters. Tomorrow I will be on with Sean Hannity. Uh, and then Friday we'll be getting ready to tape what's called the Big Saturday Show, uh, the Saturday night show, Fox News Saturday night, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard. I am hosting the show. And you better tune in. I need the ratings. And I just want the credit for pulling it off. I mean, a few men have accomplished more with less. When you look at the things I've been able to do in the past few years in show business, I don't know anybody who's been able to do more with less of an intellect than I have. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. I, of course, not the star of the show today, though, in Washington, D.C. Whistleblower X. This is getting interesting. I know there's a writer's strike in Hollywood. Uh, But there's been no shortage of intriguing plot lines coming out of Washington. Last week, we had coke all over the White House. This week, we've got whistleblowers all over Capitol Hill. So here's the story. At 1 p.m. today, we've got two whistleblowers that are going to testify. And this is the news that was broken on our show Monday. Representative James Comer, the House Oversight Committee chairman, told us we were going to get two whistleblowers. One, uh, Gary Shapley, who has come forward before to detail his allegations against the Biden family. But Comer also told us that a second man had dirt to offer on the Bidens. Come on, man. No. This gentleman goes by the name of Whistleblower X, and from what we've been told, he is a 13-year special agent of the IRS whose identity will be revealed for the first time during the hearing. So it's really gone like straight reality TV. You know, we have, like, the masked whistleblower. We used to have the masked singer where they'd, like, bang out a song. Now this guy comes on and, you know, gives some masked testimony about the IRS looking into some audit or 
some wacky business transaction involving the Bidens and most likely, uh, if Hunter's involved, a couple of strippers as well. Hubba, hubba. Man, have you been watching those laptop photos? I mean, woo. <laughs> I'm not going to get into specifics. Let's just say that if it was Hunter's cocaine at the White House, wouldn't be the first time he showed up with a suspicious package. There it is. So let me give you Whistleblower X's testimony. Uh, he has an unsealed opening statement. And the way this works is when guys are getting ready to testify on Capitol Hill, they give you the opening statement ahead of time just to give the media uh, some expectation of where this is going to go and how they can, in fact, prepare their elements. You know, that that happens. Like, we know what he's going to say in this statement, and you know who he's going to mention, at which point you can have images ready of whoever he might mention. You can have, you know, old footage of incidents he might cite. That's what they do. These hearings are very much made for TV uh, and, and in an effort to tell the story uh, in the most informative way, uh, they give you a lot of these opening statements ahead of time. So here it is. Whistleblower X. I have witnessed the corrosion of ethical standards and the abuse of power that threaten our nation. It is within this context that I have chosen to shed light on these actions and expose those responsible. I recognize that while I was present at the start of this investigation, and was closely involved with the investigation for roughly five years, that I am just a part of the story. My aim is to address systemic problems that have allowed misconduct to flourish. It is not a call for blame, but a call for accountability and reform. Uh, he's also expected to tell Congress, transparency is the foundation of our democracy. Without it, people lose their trust in the institutions, and the bonds that tie the fabric of our nation start to fray. The American people deserve to know the truth, no matter how uncomfortable or inconvenient it may be for either political party. So, man, oh boy, oh man, this guy sounds like he has a story to tell uh, that very well could make its way all the way up to the Oval Office. Are you the big man, Joe? Okay, what they've told us so far is that the IRS had a pattern of slow-walking investigative steps into Hunter Biden, which included instructions for the FBI not to speak to him at his residence. They tipped Hunter and his staff off about the ongoing efforts, and they delayed enforcement actions in the months leading up to the 2020 presidential election. So he's going to sit down and go, look, they had the goods on the Bidens, but they didn't want to upend the 2020 election, so they kicked the can down the road, and in the process, they ran out the statute of limitations. The statute of limitations, of course, makes it harder to charge Hunter, which by association would then make it harder to charge his father and his uncle Jim Biden. Bidens are scams. Okay, according to a bombshell letter obtained by the New York Post, the FBI warned a supervisory agent who investigated Hunter Biden that he was expected to decline to respond to House Oversight Committee questions about the ongoing case involving the first son. Nah, <laughs> that's, you know, the whole no one's above the law, Joe Biden said. Like, all right, well, we want to question you. Nah, we're good here. Uh, FBI General Counsel Jason Jones sending a letter Sunday afternoon, just hours before the agent was set to testify. The department expects that you will decline to respond to questions seeking non-public information likely covered by one or more components of executive privilege or other significant confidentiality interest. In particular, information about deliberations or ongoing investigative activity in law enforcement matters. You should instead refer such questions to the FBI's Office of Congressional Affairs. 
but then the FBI agent went on to confirm details of the probe that were previously shared by the two IRS agents, including that Hunter's legal team was tipped off about a planned approach to interview him back in 2020. So what you're going to hear today is the FBI went out of its way to block for Hunter Biden, very much interfered in the 2020 election. Why? Because they actively hit a story that was damaging to one of the campaigns. Okay, understand, in the run-up to 2016 and in the run-up to 2020, okay, we had members of the intelligence community leaking, intentionally leaking stories about Trump that weren't true and they knew it. Just the same shielding stories about Hunter Biden that were true and they knew it. So you understand in this instance, okay, they were exerting effort to bury stories while at the same time working overtime to get fake ones out there. Bury the real ones, share the fake ones. And for whatever reason, all of these mistakes only affected the Republicans, which they continue to tell us is a total coincidence. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. So what you got now, and this is where it gets interesting for the media, and I think this is where there's a real fork in the road in terms of the coverage of Biden. Okay, 99% of the media is liberal. They do everything they can. They're, they are activists masquerading as journalists. They're no longer there just, you know, finding the story, getting to the heart of it and giving you the truth. You know, the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. They are derelict in that duty now. The media sees its job to save the world from conservatives. The media sees its job as getting Democrats elected. So in theory, you'd expect them to form a human shield around Joe Biden after this testimony today. But there is the reality that if they're ever going to get Biden off the ticket, now is the time. Okay, 70 percent of Americans don't want him to run again. He is a historically unpopular president. So the truth is, I would expect the media to sweep this under the rug and go, wow, these whistleblowers, schmissleblower, blah, blah, blah. But understand, the accusations against Hunter Biden and Joe Biden will have government officials putting their names on them, which is more than we ever had in three years of the Mueller probe. No one, none of the bombshell reports that said the walls were closing in on Trump were sourced to anyone, okay? When it came to the Mueller probe, day after day after day. It was made up by these sick people. Sick people who remained anonymous. Now we have Hunter's business partners coming forward. Now we have IRS whistleblowers coming forward, which is to say we have 10 times as much evidence implicating the Bidens as we did on anything regarding Trump. So in a roundabout way, not even a roundabout way, I'd say a direct way, we're like we're living in the death of shame, like the death of shame. Like you should really be embarrassed, almost humiliated. If you're a member of the media refusing to cover this story, knowing how hard you worked to cover fake stories that you yourself were spreading about Donald Trump. And to know that we're going to sit here, at least up until now anyway, and not really throw any major heat behind any of these whistleblowers. It's really embarrassing because it's like it's one thing I get it if you lean to the left and, you know, we all kind of know that we're in on the joke. But there was a time in this country where they at least felt the shame of making it so transparent. And they went out of their way from time to time to commit what the late great Rush Limbaugh used to call a random act of journalism. You know, that's what would happen. The media was always liberal, but every, you know. 10 to 17 days, you'd get one piece out of a lot of them that asked like, uh, you know, 
in, showed some intellectual curiosity when it came to some Democratic wrongdoing. And they never followed up. It never resulted in any type of, like, massive investigative, you know, effort. But the point was they'd kick the tires once in a while on Democrat malfeasance. Now, after three years of pretend Trump malfeasance when it came to Russia and everything that's followed since, you know, they'll cover that to the moon and back. But the fact that they don't want to go near this stuff is bad. Okay, and here is Byron Donalds, guy here on the show all the time. Okay, talking about what you can expect to hear from this hearing that, of course, you will only hear if you're watching it because they're not going anywhere near this hearing when it's over. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. This is clip 15. One of the things that's going to come out today is the fact that in the FBI, in the IRS's investigation, excuse me, did not the amount of money, the number of countries, the number of companies actually eerily matches what the oversight committee has been able to uncover over the last several months. So this is key for the American people. If the investigative committee, that is the A-team, that does this with respect to international uh, tax evasion and tax, and tax, uh, tax uh, evasion, if they're coming out with the same numbers that the Oversight Committee is coming out with, uh, then we know we have the facts. And Joe Biden, Hunter Biden have been lying to the American people for years over this stuff. And I stress years. That's going to be a big one. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, let me give you a little more. Jim Jordan talking about the credibility of the whistleblowers, clip 17. These two whistleblowers have been nothing but credible. And today, with the FBI agent confirming key parts of their testimony, that just gives more credibility. This is quickly coming down to, Laura, who are you going to believe? The Biden Justice Department that said parents were terrorists, who said Catholics were extremists, who censored Americans' First Amendment free speech rights, or these two whistleblowers who have impeccable records, who got performance reviews always outstanding, who were the go-to guys when it came to international tax fraud cases. These two guys were the go-to. Team. Who are you going to believe? These two guys who've now been confirmed by an FBI agent or the Biden uh, Garland Justice Department? I think I'll trust the whistleblowers. And that's where they do have a problem. Like if this story sees the light of day and people are actually just having like a good faith discussion around it, these are the two most trusted guys when it comes to international tax evasion in our government. This isn't one of those deals. Like again, the Mueller probe was waged on the backs of anonymous people. And none of the stories turned out to be true. There were over 200 retracted stories during the Mueller probe because they weren't true and the outlets didn't want to get sued. Okay, in this instance, you've got real living, breathing people. Tony Bobolinsky, Hunter's former business partner. Devin Archer, Hunter's former business partner. You've got two IRS whistleblowers coming forward, putting their names and credibility behind the allegations. This is an actual, real story which presents a real liability for the Bidens in a normal world where we're just trying to hold the people power and accountable because if they're compromised, we're compromised. Okay, what we may find out today for a fact to the letter is that the Bidens are compromised. Sadly, we may also find out that nobody in the media cares. And I'm telling you because I do, okay, this is not a win for you if it's a, you're a liberal. It is a loss for each and every one of us. You Correction. Don't go anywhere. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Stay on top of the latest news and information from Fox News. Listen and download the Fox News Hourly Update on your time. The trending stories you need anytime you want it. Listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. 
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here is Ron DeSantis dropping a truth bomb down in Columbia, South Carolina. It is clip 16. I do know that we look at institutions, unfortunately, like our own FBI and Department of Justice, and we've seen the politicization of those institutions. Uh, we've seen them be, be weaponized against Americans. Uh, pro-life activists can have the SWAT team come at them. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden, he would have been in jail if he were a Republican, and we all know that. So, so that's, I think, been a frustration to see uh, how that is wielded. So I can't speak about that because I haven't seen it. But I can tell you, one of my uh, jobs as president will be to end the weaponization of these agencies, and I will get that job done. Now, honestly, if, you, if you're listening to that as a liberal, you should be happy to hear it, you know, assuming he can actually follow through on it. You don't want to be living in a country where the Justice Department is targeting people for their political positions. Okay, that's not America. I'm just I'm telling you it's not America. And everyone is such a prisoner of the moment. And that they love the idea, well, they're covering for the Bidens. I vote for the, the Bidens. This is good for me. <laughs> Everyone is such a prisoner of the moment, but you got to think beyond the moment. Okay, if we now just make the standard operating procedure the idea that the Justice Department can target its political opponents, you can wind up living in a world where the Justice Department has a different political leaning than you do. So you think it's good right now because they're looking out for liberals. Ah, Hillary didn't get charged for classified information. Biden didn't get charged for classified information. But Trump did. I love this. It's great. It only goes one way. But you're not going to feel that way if it goes the other direction. And there's a very good possibility that it might if you wind up with a bunch of people in there that are just hell-bent on getting revenge. I mean, you think of the slippery slope that they've put us on by indicting a president for the first time in the 246-year history of the, pre- of the you know, presidency. Donald Trump <laughs> is not the uh, only president or family that's been in the White House that's uh, committed some nefarious deeds over the years. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. I mean, to be clear, most people think of the Clintons as like an actual crime syndicate. I'm not sitting here with that proof. I'm just saying there's a lot of weird coincidences in Clinton land. Okay, the Biden's certainly not much better. I mean, you can tell me anything you want about Trump and making money and maybe he exaggerated the value of some of his buildings, but he never got paid for hosting Celebrity Apprentice by having a foreign entity send money through 15 different bank accounts before it wound up in his grandkids' bank account. As it did with the Bidens. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, back in action on a big Wednesday of Fox Across America. Going to get into some phone calls at 888-788-9910. Anthony batting lead off on WVMT up in Vermont. Anthony. Hey, brother. How are you today? Good, good, good. I, I understand you're engaged in a sort of good deed. We, You know what? 
surprisingly enough, uh, you take me and put me on the street for 13 hours straight. Uh, yeah, we're doing an old school radiothon, uh, Rise and Rebuild, mm-hmm. for the flood victims of Vermont. The, the, you know, the center part of our state got hammered. Yep. Hammered so much, it was, it's worse than it was during uh, Hurricane Irene. Is that true? And so, yeah, yeah. And um, luckily, you know, I got to admit, President Joe Biden, I don't even know if he knew he was in uh, London, but when he was there, he gave us a declaration, uh, an emergency declaration. But, you know, we're, we've taken our stations, the whole group, and we're focused on one thing today and one thing only. It's raising money for the flood victims. Oh, and that, I, uh, that is rad. Yeah. Did you tell well, you know, and, and go ahead. No, no, you go. No, I, I just had a question. I was going to say, did you tell Biden that Montpelier was in Ukraine? Yeah. That's exactly what we did. That's how you hustled them? Uh, but we said, yeah, we said, just send money. We don't need weapons, and we can't afford to wait three years for the money either. So, <laughs> uh, Dude, I think that's awesome. Is there is there a website or a number anybody listening can go to? Because I know that flood was a mess. Yeah, it was absolutely devastating, and I know I'm, I'm having a little fun with you, but yes, there is. So we've partnered with the Vermont Community Foundation. These are the people that raised the money and doled it out for Hurricane Irene, which was really def- difficult a few years ago. Yeah. So it's, I'm not even touching the money, so you know it's safe. You go to WV, <laughs> it's WVMTradio.com. Right across the top there, it's a direct link to that foundation. And um, the money's going to Vermonters. There's they, 100% of the money we raise is going directly to the victims of the flood. And we talked uh, all morning to different people who had their houses swept away uh, and businesses. I don't know if you saw any of the pictures yeah. of downtown Montpelier, Vermont, but uh, one of my favorite spots, Charlie O's. It's a tavern that's yep. been there since 1861. No, get out of here. Yeah. What happened to Charlie O's? Yeah. It get flooded? Oh, yeah. Worst, worst, worst ever. They've been through the flood of 27, the flood of Irene. The next door uh, burned down. They survived all of that. And right now, uh, they've got structural damage in the building. So it's kind of the biggest thing that's hit Montpelier maybe ever. Yeah, we can't have a bar from the 1800s go down. I mean, this country was built on that. Uh, It's W. Just give it to me one more time. It's WVMT.com. The station website? Uh, WVMT Radio. WVMT Radio.com. Okay, if you're listening, you guys, you got to buy a round at Charlie O's. WVMT Radio.com. Go buy them one beer each. Everybody listening, that should help out. This is, uh, man, Anthony, that's crazy, man. I, it's, it's cool to see you guys using the power of radio to do something like that. Uh, it, it actually is. You know, like all jokes aside, it's my favorite thing about radio is it's such a community medium. You know, regardless of how many people we reach, we reach them on an intimate level. You know, it's not generally crowds of people listening. We're communicating with individuals. And I think it's actually really cool. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear Hunter Biden isn't in charge of the accounting on this one. Yeah, no, that's that's the beauty of it. And you're exactly right, because people that listen to us every morning are coming up. And actually, I, I had a guy just now. I said, well, I. I'd love to chat. He put a $100 bill in the box Ooh. because he wants to help. But I said, I'd love to chat, but I'm about to talk to Jimmy. Oh. And he goes, well, that's more important. Yes. So I just wanted you to know that. That poor guy. <laughs> well, well, clearly the bar hadn't cut him off yet. He doesn't know. <laughs> Too funny. Right. Well, listen, keep playing good ball, and we'll keep giving out the link during the show today. All right. You're the you man, Anthony. I appreciate it. Now stop it. Keep playing good ball. There he goes, the great Anthony. The website, WVMTRadio.com, one of the many stations that carry the show, but a market 
uh, that we have a special fondness for having been there and spent a lot of time with the VMT listeners. And, of course, I call into their morning show once a month on a Friday and kind of catch up and have a State of the Union. Uh, So certainly if you can spare around... Uh, buy them a beer. Uh, I know I will be donating, of course, on WVMTRadio.com. And we move forward with the show. Carol Ann is talking about different substances. She's in Westfield, Indiana. Carol Ann. Hey, Jimmy, you were aces on, on Fox last night. Oh, with Laura stop and, it. And with the comedy dwarf, you were aces. <laughs> Thanks for that, girlfriend. I was thinking about the Coke. Mm-hmm. If it's not Hunter's, <laughs> the only other person in the White House who would desperately need it is Joe's sign language interpreter. <laughs> the guy who's got to keep up with the made-up words. Just had a little brain drizzle on that. I'm not smart enough to get brainstorms. But I, you know, I just thought, well, I'll just put that bug in Jimmy's ear and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that, that interpreter's definitely doing something when he gets home from work. You know, I don't know if he's I don't know if he's doing it on the job, but if you had to sit there yesterday, I'm going to play that clip after you get off the phone. If you had to sit there and translate that clip, like you couldn't do it. It's all made up words. It's almost like Biden is hosting a game show where he's trying to stump the interpreters. That would have, we should we should make some money off that. We're trying to raise money for VMT. Why don't we get Biden on and uh, it'll be like a game show, like wheel wheel of interpreter or something like that. Well, you know. You see, you said something the other day about the interpreter having a flask. Mm-hmm. He needs to have a whole helmet <laughs> with the straw. I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to work for this yo-yo, oh, it, you know, there's got to be some serious adult beverages involved. <laughs> oh, no. But Biden, he is the favorite to win the next season of America's Got Dementia. So don't forget yeah, about that. That works for me. <laughs> He's got a shot. Carolyn, I love you. I'll be back on the TV tonight. It's me and Jesse Waters, and then tomorrow night I'll be on Hannity. But listen, Saturday night, I need ratings. If you're around or you can leave the bar early, it's Fox News Saturday night. It's a 10 o'clock show. I'm hosting it myself. You need to be there. That's me. It'll be there. Oh, girlfriend. All right. You're the best. I'll wear something special for you. Be well. Yum, yum. Take care. <laughs> Bye-bye. Carolyn is a little frisky out in Westfield, Indiana this time of day. She wants to buy some Culver's custard. Uh, that's hot stuff. I got to go to Culver's, man. I love Culver's. Culver's the best if you're listening out there. Uh, listen, here's the Biden clip Caroline was referring to. Tell me how you would interpret this if you were either A, the sign language interpreter, or B, the president of Israel, because they both have to respond to this. Clip 18. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they uh, and, uh, And uh, as I uh, affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. (laughs) I don't know what you'd call that. And I, uh, Al Sharon. What we've got here is. Failure to communicate. It ain't good. It's not good. And I promise, man, you cannot, you cannot broadcast that, broadcast that to the rest of the world. It's like, no, no, this is the guy who's in charge. Now, the good news is, I'm not trying to scare you. He's not in charge. Everybody, you know, tries to make that point. Like, how can we have? I saw Trump. He was on with Hannity last night. And Trump was like, it's, you know, it's sad, Sean. He's like, you know, how can we have this guy in charge of the nuclear weapons? And I get where Trump is coming from. But there's no world, none, zero, where Biden is in charge of the nuclear weapons. Biden isn't allowed to pick out what he has for dinner. He's an old man with dietary restrictions.
he goes out to the restaurant. And he's like, I'll have the lasagna. And Jill's like, he can't have cheese. Bring him the chicken. He won't know the difference. And then it comes, and Biden's like, hmm, this chicken's good. Really glad I ordered the chicken. We have a president that is clearly not all there. It's a mess. I mean, you hear the clip. It's not good. It's one of the reasons they're going after Trump as hard as they are. Let me play you this. So yesterday, Trump announced on Truth Social that he was about to be indicted for a third time. So he had never indicted a president before. It is a first. It's never happened in the history of the country. Okay. We now, going into this month, will have three indictments of one single president. Never happened once in 246 years. Now it happens all the time. It's the ice bucket challenge. You do it, you dare somebody else to do it. I'm indicting Trump for Stormy Daniels. I dare you to indict Trump for classified information. I'm indicting Trump for classified information. I want somebody to indict him for January 6th. What the hell is the world coming to? It's just dumb. And I'm telling you, it's bad for the country. It's bad luck. Very Banana Republic type stuff. And we're not speaking again to the specifics of his actions or the precedent for indicting and not indicting people based on the same things. It's funny. Everybody who discussed January 6th yesterday, nobody discussed that as bad as January 6th is. And I was on the air when it happened, and I was like, this is horrific. You can't do this. You can't storm the Capitol. Okay, I think Trump created an opportunity for it to happen by hosting a speech down the block from the Capitol on a day they were certifying the vote, titling the rally Stop the Steal. I mean, it does kind of put a certain atmosphere out there. That can't be good. You know, but that being said, okay, when they stormed the Capitol, he did tweet right away, uh, for all intents and purposes, people at the Capitol go home, stay peaceful, that whole thing. That cleverly gets omitted from the record whenever they talk about the events of January 6th. Now, again, I absolutely hated the fact that he was giving that speech, and I said it in the week leading up to the speech. That being said, okay, it was a terrible thing. It's a moment we've all condemned in real time and even after the fact. But it wasn't a deadly white supremacist attempt to overthrow the government. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally, because that's how they repurposed it. They're like, wow, this is Nazis trying to take over the government. They were about to have a new president. It was going to be the guy in the Chewbacca bikini with the hat. But that actually wasn't where this was headed. That being said, Trump is about to be indicted for his role in January 6th. CNN is really excited, really excited about yesterday's lunch order from Jack Smith. CNN is the worst. But this is why people really do think, like, Comedy Central's really up against it now. You know, Comedy Central used to have the monopoly on comedy. You know, and that's where you'd go. You wanted to see a new special. You want to see a funny show. But their audience has been divided because CNN is hilarious. It is unintentionally hilarious. It's like one of the funniest things you'll ever watch. Listen to them right now trying to psychoanalyze Jack Smith going to Subway yesterday. He is, of course, the prosecutor indicting Trump. This is clip four. This is new video that we have just been getting into CNN special counsels. That's Jack Smith getting lunch at Subway. Spotted on this historic day coming out of a Washington, D.C. subway. Jack Smith going to Subway today is a message to Donald Trump. That was Jack Smith with no words and a simple $5 sub in his hand saying, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, the imagery was, uh, was intentional and spoke volume. <laughs> Come on, man. 
Jack Smith going to Subway is a message to Donald Trump. Of course it is. You know what the message is? I'm hungry. <laughs> it's like this is reported as if he's never gone to Subway before or he might not be going today too. <laughs> they try to take news and repurpose it. This is what they do. Jack Smith was hungry. He went and got a sub. You know what else is funny about the anchor? Because it shows you how detached the people in, you know, the CNNs of the world are from regular people. Okay. Whatever the hell Jack Smith got at $5 at Subway yesterday didn't cost five bucks. I think he's got a part. <laughs> but in their mind, Jack Smith just eating peasant food, $5 sub in his hand. That's a message to Donald Trump. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Until the sandwich is finished. Then I'm going back to work. Okay, they put so much more emphasis into things. CNN once ran a story, do you remember, trying to slander Trump because they said he got two scoops of ice cream and his guests only got one. Do you remember that? Oh, the president of the United States. This guy has two scoops of ice cream. His guests only get one. Who the hell Who doesn't want to live in a country where the guy in charge gets the big bowl of ice cream? Let's have some national pride, would you? The only people who got mad about that story were Chris Christie. Let's be honest. I'm not eating Oreos anymore. You know that. But neither is Chris. You're not eating Oreos anymore. No more Oreos for either of us, Chris. Don't feel bad for either of us. (laughs) But the point is, nobody cared. He got two scoops of ice cream. Just like nobody cares that Jack Smith is going to Subway. But this is how the media sells. It's so funny. Like, they really, because CNN and MSNBC, you understand, they prey on self-hating white people. That's what they do. They prey on them. That's who they cater to, liberal elites that want to be told they're better than Trump and his supporters. The people in the flyover states, that's what they call you. God, I love the middle of the country so hard. The South, you guys are the best. I love when New Yorkers try to slander. The, I love it. It's the term McMansion. When I was just first getting into politics, that's the thing I used to hear a lot. But, God, these people in their McMansions, these people in their brand-new affordable houses, what a bunch of jerks, am I right? <laughs> anyway, pass me the mace and the brass knuckles. I'm going to get a can of soda at the bodega. <laughs> but that's what the coasts have become, liberal elite. Self-hating liberal elite white people who need to believe they're better than you. So at all times, CNN and MSNBC are getting on there just selling these, you know, walls are closing in narratives about goodness and virtue and, you know, moral superiority. And Jack Smith just representing the interest of the little guy just going out to Subway because they're going to stand up to big, bad Trump. That's why he's going the Subway. No, you idiots. He's going to Subway because he's hungry. He knows what he's talking about. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here is President Trump. This is so funny. (laughs) Talking to Sean Hannity. I'll be on with Sean Hannity tomorrow night. Uh, Trump, my opening act last night. Here he is talking about grand juries. Clip one. The only way he can get elected is to weaponize the Justice Department, which he's gone around doing. 
Uh, I didn't know practically what a subpoena was and grand juries and all of this. Now I'm like becoming an expert. I have no choice because we have to. It's a disgrace. Uh, if you say something about an election, they want to put you in jail for the rest of your life. It's a disgrace. Now, listen, though, I mean, you can't have people out there saying an election was stolen. We all know that. As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. Wait, what? Hold, what? Hold on now. Wait a minute. What the heck is going with? So uh, I guess we have some issues. <laughs> nope. You see, it's only a problem if a Republican does it. Democrats, went, they've, they've told us to this day the 2016 election was stolen. The Democrats told us the voting machines were hacked after 2016 and again in 2018. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. In 2018, electronic voting machines in Georgia and Texas deleted votes for certain candidates or switched votes from one candidate to another. The biggest seller of voting machines is doing something that violates Cybersecurity 101, directing that you install remote access software, which would make a machine like that, you know, a magnet for fraudsters and hackers. These voting machines can be hacked quite easily. You could easily hack into them. It makes it seem like all these states are doing different things, but in fact, three companies are controlling this. There are a lot of states that are dealing with antiquated machines, right, which are vulnerable to being hacked. That's Kamala Harris. The vice president of the United States. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. But again, it's fine if she does it. But if anyone does it on the Republican side, it's treason. My goodness. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. Back in action, big hour of Fox Across America. Testimony of the IRS mystery whistleblower getting underway as we speak. Season one of the masked whistleblower about to go down before the House Oversight Committee. We're going to be following it live. We're going to be discussing it with Gianno Caldwell in this hour. He's, of course, Fox News political analyst. And Sean Duffy will be here as well. He's a former congressman from the great state of Wisconsin. And uh, he's been in a million of these hearings, knows exactly how they work, and he knows exactly what the implications are. If whistleblower X is who some people are concerned, it might be a lifelong Democrat. Uh, That would be a big problem. If you happen to be in the Biden administration, assuming the media is actually going to cover this, to be clear, I really don't think they're going to. It's a very interesting fork in the road. So for me, this is where we're at. Uh, first of all, anybody who wants to you know, call, comment, whatever you do, 888-788-9910. That's the phone number if you want to be a part of the show. Uh, it is also the phone number if you've been listening and you don't want to be a part of the show and you'd like to tell me why. We can take the tough love. I'm a former New York City cab driver. You can't imagine the things that have been said to me in the heat of traffic. I've heard swear phrases you've never heard of. <laughs> I was like, what did that guy call me? Wait, what? What did he just say? He pulled over and rolled down his window. And what the hell did you just say? Not good. Uh, but the point is, one way or the other, everybody is welcome inside this huddle. 888-788-9910. For me, what I find so interesting about today is not necessarily what the whistleblower is going to say, because I have a pretty good inkling as to what he's going to say. They released his opening statement earlier, and he said he's just witnessed all kinds of malfeasance over the course of the last 13 years, and that 
they seem to be slow rolling the probe into the Bidens, and there seemed to be some type of a tipping off when it came to insulating uh, Hunter from any type of unexpected intrusion into his finances or questions about them. So I know that's going to be there because it's already in the opening statement. What's going to be interesting is how the media decides to respond, because the truth is right now on CNN, as this guy is sitting down to get sworn in, what they're actually covering is something about the Georgia election over in 2020. They want you to believe that's the most important story in the world. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. Okay, over on MSNBC, also not covering this. Now, what it'll be interesting to see is if, in fact, this testimony, okay, does get some media response, if for no other reason than because deep down they don't want Biden running again in 2024. Biden sucks. Okay, and they're in a really bad spot because, yes, they show for the Democrat no matter what happens, but... This is a Democrat who is historically unpopular. And if they're going to get him off the ticket, now's the time to do it. Do you understand everything being said about Biden by, you know, most objective observers is that the guy's a mess. And we were saying that before the 2020 election. I mean, a lot of these clips I play on the show are old. This clip right here, you've heard a million times. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. <laughs> you know the thing. <sighs> Woo. But again, that was before 2020. So the evidence of him being a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs has been around for quite some time. You understand? It's not new evidence. And although the Democrats have rarely acknowledged it, they don't want to go anywhere near this. Okay. If they wind up losing an election with him at the top of the ticket, they're going to turn on him in a second. They're like, oh, Mr. Magoo over here. Who the hell put him on the ticket? They're going to be furious with themselves that they let him run in the condition he was in. Okay, the clip of Biden that you've seen all over the Internet, I'll play it for you one more time. Here's Biden talking to the president of Israel yesterday. Okay, and uh, not a lot of English here. Clip 18. And we brought Israelis and Palestinians together at a political level. And they And uh, as I uh, affirmed to Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday, America's commitment to Israel is firm. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Okay, he's in a tough spot there. It's uh, about 30 seconds in between of actual gibberish. Do you speak any English? But what makes it worse is he's holding a note card that he can be the breeding off of, and he still jibs out the way he did. The guy, you know, he's just a mess. Okay, and it's not because of his age, you understand? It's just the shape he happens to be in. He happens to be in bad shape. There are people 15 years older than Biden that are fine, okay, running around. I told you it's funny. William Shatner, I interviewed him in L.A. month last month, Captain Kirk. He's 92. It's great. So I'd technically be, what, 12 years older than Biden? He's in f- phenomenal shape. Talked to my Uncle Sam the other day. Uncle Sam's like 99. He's just there having a conversation with you. He's out walking four or five miles a day. They can't let Biden walk four or five miles a day because they'd never find the guy. <laughs> Have to leave a breadcrumb trail. But then we don't know if I—actually, he's probably not going to nibble on the breadcrumbs because if he sees a two-year-old, he's going to nibble on its shoulder instead. It's a really weird time to have a president right now. 
God doesn't speak English. He actively sniffs kids. You also the video last Friday where he devoured the little girl's shoulder and she freaked out on him and cried. It's I'm telling you, it is a really weird time to be. Okay, the youth of America, the little babies of America, look at Biden and they're like, "Back up, you creep!" But Biden keeps going in. It's like they're going to have to put a shock collar on him and just zap him every time he goes near a kid. You know, that's where it's headed. So the reality is, with this hearing getting underway, it's kind of a fork in the road for the Biden administration because the media traditionally, as I said earlier, would rally around this flag. Well, we've got to protect the Democrat. They're, you know, it's potentially damaging testimony about the first family. So we've got to lay in the road and make sure they can't get biased, that whole thing. But it's now or never if you're trying to get Biden off the ticket. If all the rumors we've been reading, you know, last week they had the political piece and the Atlantic piece and the Axio piece, Axios piece, and they were all in one way or the other disparaging the character or the condition of Joe Biden, uh, that was a tell. No party uses the media better than the DNC. Okay, the media is a functioning arm of the party. And when you start seeing a certain narrative in the media, it's because it's coming from the top of the party. Correct the mundo. So what they did last week is they floated a trial balloon. Not to be confused with that Chinese spy balloon they floated over the country. They floated a trial balloon and they said, all right, we're going to tell everybody the truth. Biden's really old and out of it. He's not talking to the grandkid. He yells at the staffers. He's now working about four hours a week. Okay, we'll just let it be. Let's release the hounds right into the news cycle. Open up the gates. We are releasing the hounds. And there they went. Okay, and basically what they're doing now is they're gauging the public reaction in the next round of polling to how it affected Biden. And if there's some internal polling out today within the DNC that says, wow, we really can't win with this guy. Like national polls in 2024 show Biden losing to Trump. They show Biden losing to DeSantis. National polling right now shows him losing to both guys. Do you understand? You know, polls very rarely, maybe never, favor the Republicans because the media generally uses polls not to report opinion but to shape it. They want to create, you know, well, this is it's inevitable. There's no way Trump's going to win, so don't turn out and vote. You know, there were states in 2020, we saw a poll where he was down 22 points, okay, in Wisconsin. Okay, a state, if you believe the results, that he lost by less than a hundredth of a percent of the vote. Okay, we saw a similar poll, if you remember this, that summer. Okay, also in places like Pennsylvania, where the polls wound up being 20 points wrong, 15 points wrong. And they're there in those key swing states to demoralize supporters. Don't even bother vote. The guy's losing by 20 points. Why are you going to waste your time standing in line? Okay, so the polls are traditionally used to discourage Republicans. In this instance, despite whatever oversampling they might have done, there's no way around it. The Republicans are beating Biden in a head-to-head matchup. And if the people running the DNC internally see more bad trends for Biden, there is a world where they would give the media the go-ahead to start reporting negatively on Biden. That's just how white folks will do you. That is absolutely how they'll do you. Okay, politics is a very transactional game. Very, very, very transactional game. If you don't believe me, you think of a guy like my former governor, Hansi Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! Think about this. Hero going into COVID. Why? They built him up as a means of tearing down Trump. That was the point 
of Andy Cuomo's rise to fame. Why can't you be more like Cuomo, Trump? Come on, Cuomo's the best. They gave the guy a freaking Emmy. New York's Andrew Cuomo has become an outspoken voice in this crisis with his blunt and sobering assessments. You were there for us, and I go, oh, he's smart, and you were honest. You exposed a lot of your own vulnerabilities. A very buzzed about topic about you is your love life. You've been commended for your clear and your calm leadership. Congratulations, Andrew, on your much-deserved Founders Award. You and your brother Chris tied as the most desirable men in New York. Is it true that this was the swab that the nurse was actually using? In scale, this was the actual swab that was being used. That was going to be nice and sweet. I just want a yes, no. Man of the year. He's the best. The leadership. Here's an Emmy. But what did we find out in the process? He was falsifying the de- the the number of nursing home deaths that were the end result of an executive order in which he forced nursing homes to accept infected coronavirus patients. He should be behind bars. Okay, he gave Andrew Cuomo, very similar to the executive order signed in Pennsylvania and Michigan, uh, he gave nursing homes criminal and civil liability. Hey. I know you don't want to do this because you don't think it's safe, but here's criminal and civil liability. Can't get arrested. You can't be sued for doing what you know is wrong. And with that, we'll give you some state money, and away you go. That's what Andrew Cuomo did. And he went out and wrote a book, lowered the number of nursing home deaths in his reports. His top aide, Melissa DeRosa, testified to that. Do you think anyone in the media who gave him an Emmy and said he was the most eligible bachelor in the world revisited their coverage of Cuomo or their praise of his COVID leadership? The answer would be no. Of course not. What they did is, the minute they found out that to be true, okay, and the election was over and they had used him, they had built him up as a means of tearing down Trump's COVID leadership, uh, they went and me tooed him right out of town based on his office etiquette. You ever seen a grown man naked? Okay. They knew Cuomo was a dirtbag in the run-up to the election, but they needed him in that moment. Okay, when the election was over, they didn't need him anymore. So they it's very transactional. They just washed their hands. He, you know, he was a useful idiot, but they were only hiring part-time. Okay, when it comes to Biden, I think the reaction today's, to today's whistleblower testimony is going to be really significant, if only because of what the media does. Now, I think, you know, 99% of the audience right now is like, ah, oh, they're going to sweep it under the rug. They're not even going to talk about it. But if it's significant enough and the Democrats really do see a liability exposed for Biden, the time to get him off the ticket is now. So it's very much a situation where they're watching this in the White House with bated breath, like, wow, which way is this going to go? I mean, by they, I mean the staff. Biden's not watching this. It's 1 o'clock. He's on nap number two right now. They just gave him a pudding cup. <laughs> he threw on Bonanza, and he's getting ready to take a nap. And I'm fine with it. Sound Nap sounds great right now. All I do is work. I'm a madman. Okay, but the truth is the people who make the decisions in the White House, not Biden, but the people who are actually in charge, like, they're really watching this right now. And on the off chance, you know, that the media, that the Democrat elites – they watch this testimony and they really see something damaging for Biden. They know it's now or never. And they might really just give him the heave-ho. Get him out of here. Get him out. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. That's my name. Don't wear it out.
It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to Gianno Caldwell in the next break. The whistleblower testimony getting underway at the White House. What a wild time to be alive. So crazy. Just got a confirmation during the break. Ted Nugent, uh, who's been a guest on the show from time to time, is going to be joining me Saturday night on Fox News Saturday night. I'm hosting the 10 p.m. show. Uh, you'll see me in one of my fine blazers from my overweight figure skater collection. It's going to be fantastic. But live from Ted Quarters, we'll get a visit from Ted Nugent, who's going to weigh in on this Jason Aldean controversy. So Jason Aldean really quickly uh, released a video uh, called Try That in a Small Town. And it's basically a, you know, the video is filled with news footage of rioters and looters and assaults and robberies and stuff of that nature. And he basically is singing along to the reality that if you go to a small rural town and you pull that stuff, they're probably going to beat the snot out of you. He's telling you the truth. But there's, of course, a backlash now that's accusing him of being against Black Lives Matter and being pro-lynching. Is any of that portrayed in the video? The answer would be no. Of course not. They repurpose the language constantly to make the things they don't like go away. But isn't it fascinating that there's more concern for Jason Aldean's video than the actual footage in the video? I think he's got a point. Like stores are being looted. People are being assaulted. But do you want to know why the Democrats don't want to talk about that? It's because their policies caused the carnage. Bingo. That's the issue. Okay, when you look around places like San Francisco, you look around where I am in New York, or, you know, you maybe just look at the country as a whole, it's been a really aggressive decline in the quality of life, in the quality of just, like, civic pride. You know, so many towns you go to now are just enabling decay. You know, here's a subsidy so we can build some tents underneath the highway. You know, here's a clean injection site where people can just go proudly do drugs out in the open. It's safer that way. So, you know, why would we try to make them beat the habit? Why would we give these people assistance? You know, forget just say no. You know, just say here. Here's a free crack pipe. We had free crack pipes in vending machines here in New York City. Free crack. No, this is better. That's stupid. Use your common sense. For real. And then, you know, when the machines got broken into and robbed and people started selling drugs at the site, everybody who implemented the policies were like, oh, this is weird. I can't believe it. Huh? Who would have saw that coming? Oh, I don't know. Everybody. Illinois. Illinois. Just basically eliminated bail today. So anybody who gets arrested won't be sitting in jail. They'll be out free until the trial comes. And their idiot Governor Pritzker hugging it out. Ah, oh, it's a big day. It's a win for all. About. No, it's not. Folks, when you go out and demonstrate more empathy for the criminal, you're doing so at the expense of the people who actually follow the law. That's true. That is true. I understand that there are people that have had adverse upbringings and some of them ended up being criminals. But you want to know something? There's plenty of people who had adverse upbringings that didn't end up being criminals. And yes, we can hope to rehabilitate people. And yes, we can hope to fix society. But the truth is we're not working on any of that. What we're doing now, which is just insane, is we're saying, well, we got to be nicer to the criminals. Got you know, So many people going to jail. We can't do that. It's not, it's not nice to them. Okay, fair. If that's the way you feel. But if you're walking down the street without an armed security detail, it's also unfair to you. You know, because you're going to get attacked and you're going to get mugged. That's what's so crazy.
So a lot of the things that are being celebrated right now as wins are like big losses. You know, and Jason Aldean putting out a video that says, by the way, stop doing this crap before you get to my little small town is the type of warning. It's the type of like societal backbone we need. Okay, if someone's beating up a woman or robbing a store, they don't deserve our sympathy. They deserve a big right hand in the face, if we're being honest. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon trying to hold this country together. Joining me now, we're calling in some heavyweight backup, superstar Fox News contributor, a man who would never leave his cocaine behind anywhere, let alone the White House. Gianno Caldwell is here. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I've never done cocaine a day in my life. And thank God, because Hunter Biden has done more than enough for the both of us. <laughs> oh, man. We'll, we'll let him take that, take that on himself. Yeah, crazy, right? Uh, it's so funny, though, because there's a real quick answer to this. Um, you know how they kind of, you know, they, they they probably know who did the cocaine. They don't want to tell us because it would be embarrassed, embarrassing to them. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I yeah. mean, I think most people agree with that. Fair. Okay, so this thing Even I've been... Charlemagne the God. <laughs> did Charlemagne say that? That's funny. Yeah, he said there's no way you don't have cameras in the White House and you don't know who who, who did this. Oh, of course. And it's like yeah. if they, and if they thought it was down to, say, five people, just give them all a drug test. Because here's the thing. Whoever brought Coke to the White House has been doing a lot of Coke. You don't if, you, if, <laughs> yeah. if, if you've never done cocaine before, you don't bring it to the White House for your first time. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Let's think clearly. About trying coke. <laughs> and then you got you got to have some uh, big cojones, if uh, <laughs> if I may say that, to do something like that. And you just think you can be a staffer, or you can be the president's son. And you know why would he fear anything? He's gotten away with so much already. So you know anything's possible. Anything's possible. That's so crazy, Gianno Caldwell. There's a lot going on, man. Uh, we got whistleblowers talking about the Bidens. Trump is now getting indicted like twice a week. It's like the ice bucket challenge. It's like, I indict the former president. I dare my friend Rob to indict the former president. It's crazy, man. Uh, it's a weird season of America. I know there's a Hollywood writer strike, uh, but we've had no shortage of storylines here in America. How are they handling this down in Florida? What's going on? Well, I, I think people, especially around the t- Trump indictments, they see it as all political. You think about mm-hmm. the classified documents to begin with, and you find out Joe Biden, as U.S. senator, took him home and kept many classified documents by his car, which he wasn't allowed to. Mm-hmm. A president can declassify. Uh, Joe Biden could not. So Trump, whatever his defense may be, he at least has one. Biden shouldn't have one. You got uh, all these documents, thousands of documents spread all over the country, unsecured. So when people hear that and understand that, the voters understand it, especially on our network. You know, we got very sophisticated uh, viewers that are watching and they know what's going on and, and, and your listeners, of course. So it all looks political to them, especially considering the fact that there doesn't appear to be the same uh, or equal application of justice under the law for the current president. Um, So that, I think, smells pretty fishy to a lot of people, and I don't think it really impacts the race much, as we've seen with Poland, because, as you mentioned, it's happening so often, 
and every time it seems political. There's not really a big smoking gun. And if you recall back in the day with the first impeachment, when the left and progressives were trying to get Nancy Pelosi to impeach Trump, she would say, no, they need to have something that people would understand and see and think that it was really and truly bad. Well, they just said, you know, they threw that out the window eventually and just started impeaching them anyway. But that's the same thing here. If you can't show people where there's a real crime that is taking place and you can say, like, okay, we're going to equally apply the law, then they're just going to assume you don't want this guy running for president. And um, especially considering the fact that so many things have happened under his presidency, the spying on his campaign and a lot of other things that he said, which seem outrageous when he said them, but then you find out, Wait a second, this was all true. So now it's like, okay, people's the narrative for people, especially conservatives and independents, and I think even some Democrats, they're like, okay, this is political, if you want to use the Trump language, a witch hunt. Yeah. So that's how I think a lot of people are viewing it. It's crazy. Gianno Caldwell is on the phone. Uh, apparently the bars aren't open in Miami yet. It's, it's, well, they're open in 10 minutes, so we got to make this quick. <laughs> <laughs> got to step on the gas, player. We got to step on the gas. I love it. Uh, this, you know, it's really early in the race in 2024, but, you know, they need a story. Every week we need a story. So the story right now is DeSantis is freaking out and firing his staff, but is that true, or is this the media just kind of trying to get some, get something cooking? Well, I mean, I've read the reporting, and it looks like there's a campaign shakeup. And uh, throughout his political history, he's done these campaign shakeups before. And I think his necessity is because even though he's been number two to Trump, it doesn't really look like he's been closing that gap. And I'm not sure that he'll be able to. I think he should stay in the race because you never know what could happen with Trump. He's also older, um, so you, you you don't really know what's going to happen. And I do also think that Ron DeSantis could potentially do a great job at reforming the government, reforming the justice system, the military, whatever's necessary. I think he could potentially do a great job at that. But right now, it seems like the people really want Trump. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was uh, at the beach uh, with some friends over the weekend. One of them happens to be a liberal woman. And she was saying that she want, she would rather have Trump as president than Ron DeSantis. Wow. So, I mean, clearly Ron is hitting a chord with some of these folks um, that they would rather have Trump over him, which is kind of surprising to me. But yep. that's the kind of the direction that a lot of people are going in at this you, point. You know what I think a lot of people are doing, really, is they recognize now just how dirty the Democrats fight and they just want, they do. yeah, and they just want the most vicious guy in the ring. And everybody sees Trump as the most vicious guy. You know, they think the rest really? of these people are going to get eaten up. So, I mean, I get it, man. It's a, it's a different game now. I don't think now. that's true for Ron DeSantis. Yeah. I think Ron DeSantis could actually yeah. meet them toe-to-toe. I agree with that. I really do believe that. And I don't agree with everything Ron DeSantis does or says, or any Republican, including Trump. You will never see me support and just, um, echo whatever they say, like we see some folks on cable news do. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I try to take a thoughtful view and approach to what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. But at this particular time, I do believe Ron DeSantis is just as much of a fighter as Donald Trump is, and I do believe that he can actually go in and reform government. I know that in, in the case of uh, Trump, there were some bureaucrats that simply didn't do what he said, yep. what he wanted him to do. 
Um, and I, I don't think that's going to really be uh, as much of an issue with Ron, Ron DeSantis because he will bring in, I know, some of the, some really yeah. talented people, and he'll be hard on them. So, I mean, it, I, it is what it is. It's a race. I think everyone has a chance. Uh, and the, I the, think uh, even you, Jimmy, if you want to be president, it's possible. I don't know, man. Uh, they have They do have a background check. Don't forget about that. No, only one requirement. You got to be of legal age and a U.S. citizen. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care about the things I did in my twenties anymore. Listen, that this is the one test you can actually pass, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you, Gianno Coldwell, taking shots at the champ on his way to happy hour. Uh, if you're just yeah. joining us, if you're just joining us, um, do you think the Democrats are going to try to bump Biden off the ticket? This is the debate we've been having the last few weeks because, like, Gavin Newsom was doing a lot of TV for a guy who says he doesn't want to run for president. No, I do. I, Gavin Newsom, I probably, uh, you know, I can't, I'm not in his head, but I imagine that he's probably thinking that uh, there's a chance that Biden may not make it all the way through, and for whatever reason that may be. And he wants to be considered the number two. And I imagine if we look at polling, he's probably the number – he would probably be the number two choice uh, out of all the other major Democrats. He's the only one that we've really seen out there. And we've not really seen many of the Democrats really being willing to support him. You look at Joe Manchin. Mm -hmm. Joe Manchin is like, yeah, I might run, and if I run, I'll win. And I think his consideration would be to be a spoiler. Yeah. After what Joe Biden, what he did to him. If you remember, um, he had an interview with Harris Faulkner, mm-hmm. Joe Manchin, when they were trying to negotiate the Inflation uh, Reduction Act. And Harris was really holding his feet to the fire and saying, do you trust the White House to actually keep his word? And he pushed back on her heart. Come to find out. They really got him. They lied to him. So he's really upset about that. This guy is really upset about that. And I don't think he would mind being a spoiler to Joe Biden's potential victory if there were to be one had. So this is, I mean, an interesting ball of wax. I'll be talking about this and many other issues today on the Fox News channel at 320, around 320 Eastern Standard Time. I encourage people to uh, tune in then and also follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Giano Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O, Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. And one last thing, Jimmy, Yep. and I want you to look at this video. I put this video on Instagram and Twitter mm-hmm. of me shooting a basketball from behind and hitting it. Ooh. I'm bigger than LeBron. Look, you got to – I'm getting my agent. We're going to the league, baby. I'm trying to tell I you. I love this. Go. I – I got to check this out on my producer's account because I have you blocked. But, uh, I'll, I'll try to get in there and take a look at it, LeBron. I'm Retweet it, Jimmy, with your major follower. Retweet oh, All right, I'm on the case. Give my best to the ladies at the bar, okay, G? Yes, sir. Talk soon. See you, brother. There he goes. The great Gianno Caldwell off to happy hour. Uh, if you don't follow him on Instagram, I've actually seen the video. Uh, he does a – it's basically he's just hitting a three-point shot backwards. I don't know how many takes they took, uh, but it's it's a legit, like, they didn't alter the video or anything. He just throws it backwards and it goes in, and he's pretty proud of that. I don't doubt he will be using it to open many a conversation at the bar. Uh, and I wasn't kidding when I said, like, oh, he's got to run. He's going to a bar in Miami. The people who come on this show are living their best lives. <laughs> really, we are, You know, like, bug lights, 
attract, you know, the bugs see the light and they fly towards it, you know, that whole thing. Well, oh, what's that blue light over there? And a dead. Okay. We're like a a feel good bug light. Yeah, you don't get well, you get buzzed. You just get buzzed in a, you get buzzed in a more positive way when you fly into this show. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. I disagree. Okay. Most of them are fat, drunk, and stupid on this show. And they're having a glorious time along the way. Why? Because when you live as loose as we do, oddly enough, you actually have more sober assessments of society. She don't get on the air all emotional, just mad, just wanting to make people think a certain way. Okay, you don't need my help to think this administration sucks. Look at your quality of life. You don't need a talk radio show host to tell you there's a, a wizard at every intersection in your town now looking for a dollar so we can go shoot up under the highway. We weren't doing that five years ago. We weren't doing that ten years ago. The amount of wizards and hobbits in the hometowns of America has increased exponentially. I consider that a poor reflection on the people in charge. You know, Trump ran on, like, build a wall. How about just, I don't know, don't make every intersection in my town look like Lord of the Rings. It's bad. But that's a lot of what's happened. Giotto issues a good point of analysis in between shots of Crevassier right there. Um, Gavin Newsom wants to run. He can't come out and say he's running because that would defy, you know, the decorum of politics. You don't primary the incumbent. And if you don't step, you know, if you don't stay in line, you can't expect the big donors and you can't expect the party elites to actually consider you when your day in the sun comes. So Newsom is sitting there knowing he's a better candidate than Biden, knowing he is a pretty good natural politician. That's why he manages to get reelected despite the decline of his state. Okay, so what Newsom is doing is it's like the Tour de France. He's riding along just in case. You know how in the Tour de France, they have that one guy who's not technically in the race, but he's wearing the spandex and the helmet, and he's riding behind the pack just in case somebody gets hurt and he can go into the race as an alternate? That's Gavin Newsom. He's pedaling along like it's the Tour de France. The only difference is California, so he's riding on a stolen bicycle. But other than that, it's the same thing. They're pacing Biden. They really don't know how this is going to go. We got this whistleblower. We've now found out in the last moment. Very interesting stuff. The whistleblower, okay, who is going to testify momentarily, the hearing underway now, is a gay Democrat who wants to do what is right. Okay, let me give this to you really quick. IRS agent Joseph Ziegler stepped forward Wednesday as the second whistleblower alleging a cover-up in the criminal investigation of President Biden's son, Hunter, calling himself a gay Democrat who wants to do what is right. Now, this is the part where you see the fraud of identity politics. Because, you know, the Democrats would tell you, well, if you're gay, you deserve our unconditional support. We love you. We're the party of pride, the party of tolerance and inclusion. They're about to annihilate this man as a Republican shill, a MAGA white supremacist, transphobe. It's all coming his way because when it comes to the politics of tolerance or inclusion, they only apply to people who vote Democrat. Okay, think of Caitlyn Jenner, who was the Jackie Robinson of the trans movement. She put the movement on the map by going on the cover of Vanity Fair and mainstreaming it into American homes within a month of coming out, she revealed that she was a Republican. And every Democrat that demanded you respect and support her was like, Get her out. Get her out of here. 
It's the number one show with humans and animals. Nice beaver. Thank you. I just had it stuffed. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be talking to former Wisconsin Congressman Sean Duffy in the next hour about the breaking news right now before the House Oversight Committee. IRS agent Joseph Ziegler, one of two men that were on the A-team for international tax evasion at the IRS, now testifying uh, under oath facing the threat of perjury identifying himself as a gay Democrat who wanted to do what is right. And he said that he's put in a position as the guy who was running point on this investigation, this tax investigation into Hunter Biden, that they had put together a 99-page document detailing, detailing far greater charges against Hunter on tens of millions of dollars of tax evasion. At which point they were told by higher-ups, no. <laughs> that's Nope, nope, can't do it. No, that's not the way it works around here. You can't charge the president's son like that. Now, does that sound like equal justice under the eyes of the law? The answer would be no. No, not even a little bit. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Hunter Biden, what are you doing, guys? Why is this even a thing? Because they're trying to, you got to understand, there's two things going on, okay? The significance of the Hunter Biden story and making it all see the light of day is, one, there was criminal activity, criminal wrongdoing, and our government agencies went out of their way to protect a member of the establishment and their family, which is very much illustrative of two tiers of justice in this country. It absolutely is. That's what he's testifying to. This is a gay Democrat testifying before Congress that they railroaded the American people when it came to prosecuting the Bidens. But two, and this is really the bigger one as it pertains to our elections and the integrity thereof, by establishing all of this factual reporting on the Bidens as foreign influence peddlers, on the Bidens as lying to the American people about the contents of Hunter's laptop and whether or not the family was selling interest in the government, Okay, we have now established unequivocally that the DOJ and the intelligence community interfered in the 2020 election by knowingly reporting this stuff as not real. They told us it was Russian disinformation. That's what they told us. This proves it wasn't true. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Back in action for hour number three on Fox Across America. With your main man, Jimmy Fallon, a guy who's never late getting back to the studio. You're alive. We're having a good time over here. It's Wednesday. We're getting ready to talk to Sean Duffy. He is, of course, former congressman, now the host of The Bottom Line on the Fox Business Network, a show I will be appearing on tonight uh, before I go on Waters World uh, with Jesse Waters. 
news pending. We got a lot going on right now. There's a whistleblower testifying on Capitol Hill. Uh, sometimes these things go sideways and it blows up the old TV schedule. So I will keep you updated on social media if you follow me at Jimmy Fallon. But right now we can focus on my actual job, which is hosting a talk radio show, if you don't mind. Uh, yesterday, I played you a clip from Admiral Rachel Levine, if you remember. Uh, she is, of course, advocating for early child transitions, which I got to be honest. That's not right. Not right. Okay. She finds herself uh, in a little, little bit of a pushback on the old social media, as she should. Because one thing I can tell you is, you know, if you want to transition your body, uh, you're certainly welcome to. It is America. Freedom! But I would tell you in the case of children, I've watched my own child develop so much over the course of his 14 years. I can't imagine making a permanent alteration to him, his body, and his well-being based on the mood he was in. At the age of five or six or seven or eight or nine or 10 or 11 or 12, 13, 14, you know, you don't know. These are, you know, they're very fluid in their development. And obviously their pursuits and their interests change with puberty. But with Rachel Levine said yesterday is sometimes kids go through the wrong puberty. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. I mean, think about that. I'm going to play it for you one more time. But this is insane stuff. This is clip 25. What would you say to folks who think that they're being reasonable by saying, why can't children just wait till they're 18? Adolescence is hard and puberty is hard. What if you're going through the wrong? What if you inside feel that you are female, but now you're going through a male puberty? Such an idiot. This is pretty much the worst video ever made. What if, what if you feel inside that you're female, but you're going through a male puberty? Oh, what if? That means you're a male. <laughs> if you're going through a male puberty, it's because you're a male. Correct the mundo. If you're going through a female puberty, it's because you're a female. That's how this works, you understand? And you can obviously grow up to be whatever the heck you want, and you can certainly feel conflicted along the way. But this idea that we should be medically altering people's bodies based on the mood they happen to be in as an adolescent, how many ideas, how many pursuits, how many interests do you have in your development that you outgrow and never do again? People, oh, this is different. This is their gender. No, this is different because it's a lifetime of surgeries. It's a lifetime of follow-up medications. Okay, and again, the medical community will get behind this time and time again. Why? Money, 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 money. And the Democrats will get behind it because this is becoming a new form of oppression for them. They can say, ah, oh, the trans people are oppressed. DeSantis was asked about wokeness yesterday on a CNN with Jake Tapper. I found it interesting. Here it is. Clip 26. Not everyone really knows what wokeness is. I mean, I've defined it, but a lot of people who rail against wokeness can't even define it. And so I think it's a sense of, you know, this is not something that's, that's holding true to the core martial values that make the military unique. Uh, and I can tell you, the veterans, you don't have to look far and wide. Go to a VFW hall, go to an American Legion. Uh, there's huge amount of concern about the direction uh, that the military is going with all this. Okay, basically what wokeness really is, though, it's just like this relentless pursuit for writing injustices 
that don't actually exist. That's true. That is true. Okay, wokeness is something that really took its foothold in political discourse in the summer of 2020 when the Democrats were trying to convince everybody that America was a systemically racist country. And they were using elected officials, black politicians, to tell us we were systemically racist. You can't handle the truth! I mean, think about that. We're so racist. We're electing minorities to run the country. That's how we put them in charge. That's how racist we are. Like, it's crazy stuff. Okay, but that's what they were trying to do at the time. And up sprang wokeness, which became a form of cultural arson where people would comb through society and find things to ruin from our past that they believed would deliver some type of a tangible change to the quality of life in this country. That's where wokeness came from. It's a perpetual search for grievance. You are so awake and attuned to the struggle that you can see things. You know, in the sixth sense, I see dead people. Okay, wokeness you see injustice. Aunt Jemima. Come on, that's a racist depiction of a black woman, said the woke person. So what did they do? They canceled Aunt Jemima. And what did that do? It took a black family who had gotten 100 years worth of royalty checks and it cut off their royalty checks. Hey, gee, thanks. Thanks for looking out for my community. Uncle Ben's rice, another good example. Got to get rid of Uncle Ben's. Can't go on. Mrs. Butterworth. Okay, families made money off those images. Minority families. And they lost those images because white people got mad on their behalf. That's what goes on. It's crazy. But that's really what wokeness is. It's a perpetual search for grievance. They're trying to right injustices that don't actually exist. Okay? The corporatization of the military that DeSantis was speaking to? Come on, man. The military. We're talking about war. War isn't about hurt feelings. War isn't about preferred pronouns. Think anybody lobbing a grenade over into your trench is going to be like, uh, excuse me, Zier or they or them. Just want to know how do I how do I address you before I throw this grenade? It's not how war works. Okay, and a story I wanted to follow up on about all of this, Justin Trudell, the globalist mindset of one of and this is I mean, this is a thing. Okay, Justin Trudeau is up in Canada. He's had a national uproar from the Muslim community over Pride Month because they've turned Pride Month into Pride Year. And it's fine. You celebrate gay people. Go great. Okay. Personally, there's nothing less interested about a person than who they're sexually attracted to. Does it? Come on, man. Who cares? Okay. Go do it. We'll tolerate it. We don't have an issue with it. But the point is we don't need to keep hearing about it. Okay. That's where most people's objection to pride comes from. And the fact that, again, the Democrats are now using the umbrella of pride to shoehorn in other things that aren't pride. Okay, telling your child they're trapped in the wrong body and they need to castrate themselves is not pride. That's not I'm proud of who I am. That's I want to get the hell out of who I am, become this other thing. And I guess you're proud of the courage you're showing by doing that. I'm not sure. But the point is pride used to mean, hey, we all support gay people and those alternative sexual lifestyles. Go get it. Okay, but now they've shoehorned other things into pride. Well, a man should be allowed to compete against women. That's not pride. That's just unfairness. Title IX. Okay, we're at the 50th anniversary of Title IX. The Democrats are trying to turn it into Title IX inches, where a biological man can compete against a woman. The whole point of Title IX was to ensure fairness in women's athletics. Is it fair to let a man compete against a woman? Just look at the times. Look at the scores. The winner of the New York City Marathon in the men's division beats the women by 15 minutes. Leah Thomas 
was the 432nd ranked male swimmer by the name of Will Thomas, ranked 432nd as a guy, jumps in the pool in a female bathing suit and rockets to number one. There's no way you can tell me this is a level playing field if the 432nd ranked swimmer is better than the number one female swimmer in the country on the female side. But that's what they did. So people have been voicing pushback against this sort of thing. Justin Trudeau, going full globalist, tried to tell the Muslim community, well, you know, these people were only upset about it because of American media, because of all these right-wing Twitter accounts saying stuff about transgenderism and pride. That's why the Muslim community is upset. Never mind that the Muslim community has not supported pride for all of eternity. Okay, the reason DeSantis throws something else like that out there is they do so in a cry for global censorship. Hey, we've got to stop the political opposites from expressing their viewpoints. They're dangerous. People are going to die if we let these guys express their opinions. Because look, look how they corrupted the Muslim community. And the Muslim community is like, what are you even, wait, what are you talking about? This is crazy. Here is a Muslim parent not, a, not happy with Trudeau uh, over dismissing their protest. Clip 27. I think he needs to go to class. And I think he needs to sit through a, a class and, and, and see the discussions that follow certain classroom books that are being discussed. Quite frankly, I take much offense to what he said. You know, and this is something that really affected us uh, here in Montgomery County. When we spoke, we were, uh, again, you know, categorized as the right wing. We were categorized with bigots. We were categorized with organizations that we couldn't even fathom being connected to. I mean, man. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. They are upset, though. It's funny because this is what they do now. You don't actually have a substantive debate. You just label one side as a means of dismissing them. See, the Democrats are the intellectually lazy party right now. Their emotions are their facts. Get your base to feel a certain way. That's the end of the debate. Oh, no, the Muslims, no, nah, they, they, they are American right-wing white supremacists. Don't even consider what they have to say about pride or transgenderism. No, no, it's just they've been they're radicalized. And the people on the left like, oh, oh, they're radicalized? All right, you know, we'll move on. Oh, who's that, Tim Scott? First black American elected to both houses of Congress and the Senate and the House. No, no, he's a, he's a white supremacist, the black guy. And the, oh, oh, he's a, the black guy's a, a white supremacist. Okay, yeah, no, we'll, we'll move on then. What the hell is the world coming to? That's what they do. Okay, Nikki Haley, Indian woman running for president. We were told she was laundering white supremacy through her brown skin. I mean, well, that's the dumbest thing I've heard of. But that's what they say. You just throw people a label and it gives them permission to dismiss the argument. It's lazy, but that's what they do. Uh, we're systemically racist. You know, this country that elected a black president twice, despite the fact it didn't do a particularly good job, that we're racist. And you're like, wait, what? I don't understand. It doesn't even make sense. But the people hear it and go, well, oh, racist. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be running with that crowd. I guess I'll vote the other way. That's what they do. That's how they get stuff done. It's just labels, and it's lazy, and it's cheap. But what's frustrating about it is it's hurting the communities they purport to care about. Let me give you an example of wokeism really hurting people it's supposed to be looking out for. Okay, if you've been following the Cinderella story, the new Cinderella spinoff, excuse me, not Cinderella, Snow White. If you're following Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, they got rid of the dwarfs. 
Now it's Snow White and Seven Magical Creatures. And it's one of them is a dwarf, and there's six other uh, people, one of which is a girl. And there's a bunch of dudes dressed in, like, medieval outfits. It actually just looks like the safety dance video. Do you remember the safety dance video? We can dance if we want to, that whole thing. Uh, anyway, Snow White, in the name of inclusion, they got rid of those dwarfs. Because, you know, it's demeaning to dwarfs and can't have just dwarfs. Meanwhile, back at the ranch... Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is like 80% of the dwarf market in Hollywood. <laughs> you got Game of Thrones, which is out of season right now. You got Snow White. Okay? You never go to the multiplex and leave like, ah, gee, it's a good movie, but so many dwarfs. Unbelievable. How does anybody above four feet get an acting role in Hollywood anymore? Okay, dwarves do not even constitute 1% of the acting jobs in Hollywood. Not even 1%. And the woke crowd just eliminated six dwarf jobs in the name of inclusion. But it's the actual opposite of inclusion. This is the point of wokeness. It's picking battles, finding grievance in areas where it shouldn't exist, oftentimes at the expense of the community it purports to look out for. Do you remember when we talked about the summer of 2020 when there was a San Francisco high school that wasn't open? Kids weren't learning. Okay, in the spring of 2020, kids aren't learning. It's COVID, shut down. Test scores are plummeting. And what did they do? They conducted a $2 million study to reexamine the names on their public schools to see if any of them should be removed because of past associations with racist behavior or policies that aren't approved of in the current woke world we live in. But does any of that actually help the students in the failing schools? The answer would be no. Of course not. And that's the problem when it comes to woke policies. Everything woke turns to The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Another example of woke grievance politics screwing people over. The Biden administration trying to revive student debt forgiveness. Here's Corrine Jean-Pierre explaining why we have to do that. Clip 22. The Department of Education is holding a hearing to get public input on the new debt relief that President Biden announced uh, a few weeks ago, right after uh, the SCOTUS decision. As you all know, the hearing is a key step forward in our work to get relief out to as many borrows as possible, as quickly as possible. The Department of Education also released state-by-state data showcasing who stands to benefit from the third, from the over $39 billion in debt relief we announced last week for over 800,000 borrowers. These are borrowers who had been p- making payments for decades, but were never given the relief they were uh, promised. So that's what we saw with our announcement last week. These borrowers are owed this relief, yet Republican elected officials, including those who had no problem with the government for giving billions of dollars in business loans, are still objecting to, including their own constituents. You were lying your ass off. Okay, do you understand? And this, you know, it needs to be said. Okay, this relief that was promised was not, I don't, you know, we're not, <laughs> it was, who was it promised by? 
Uh, wait, there was there was a deal because I got to tell you, I've taken out a lot of loans in my day and busted my ass to make payments, man. Oh my goodness gracious! This idea that there was this belief somewhere in America that the rest of society was going to pay off your debts. I mean, it's convenient. It sounds like fun. Definitely could have got me out of a lot of eighty-four hour work weeks in my taxi. Uh, but it's not actual reality. And when they sell you this stuff as some type of justice, okay, they're not combating injustice with student debt relief. They are creating injustice. The guy who took out the loan is passing the bill on to the guy who didn't. Does that sound fair? It's bananas. And you understand the debt isn't being forgiven. The school just wants its money. So when they say something along the lines of, wow, it's a debt relief. That's a debt relief. It's not for loan forgiveness. Loan forgiveness is like, hey, remember that 20 bucks you owe me? Forget about it. I forget more about it. Okay? This is not that. This is pay me every cent of it in full with interest. Nothing's being forgiven, including the Democrats if this goes through because people are getting screwed. We'll talk about it. Sean Duffy's coming by. He's going to weigh in on this whistleblower testimony that literally no one in the world is covering but Fox News. A gay, gay Democrat on record saying the Bidens got over on the American people. Media's not even touching it. What a bunch of dirtbags. Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to get this next guest back in studio where I can lay my eyes on his handsome appearance. I'm talking about cable news super hunk, Sean Duffy. Hey, girlfriend. This is the best intro I have in all of radio mm-hmm. from is Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> can you pass it along to my wife? Say, okay, super yeah. hunk. Yeah. I'm going to take Sup- it. No, Rach, she knows yeah. you're. You have nine <laughs> kids. There's got to be some attraction in that marriage. Nine, nine, nine times. Kids. Nine times that's, she's attracted that's, to me. That's a lot of Pinot Noir. <laughs> if there's no attraction in that marriage, I got to tell you. We got, we got other problems. A lot of, is Mrs. Duffy online for Sacramento Wine twice today at the Mass? I mean, what's going on? What's going on, Sean Duffy? I like to give her some tequila every now and again. <laughs> I lo- Listen, Ooh. we could talk tequila because what happened is it's the summer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got to get in shape. I'm going to be shooting a stand-up oh, special not. and blah, blah, blah. No, no, yeah, but I'm yeah, really please. like, no, no, I'm going to go into a, a level. I, I'll be in a level of shape by October that will make my fans feel betrayed. You know what I mean? It's like when Dylan went electric. Right. Because I'm, I'm actually good at getting in shape if I feel like doing it. Do you feel like doing it? Is this motivational now for you? No, I'm like in the middle. But what I do to get myself in a shape is. So can, can you, uh-huh. will you share with us? Yeah, what do you course. do? This What's... matters. Okay, I can eat myself to a point of such self-hatred that it buys me like one effortless month of perfect eating. And then okay. by then it kicks in and that second month I'll actually just, it's like a lifestyle now. So let me explain how this goes down. Every artist has a process, folks. This matters, okay? The week I was off, Okay, for my vacation. An artist. Yeah. Well, You're an artist. Is, oh, absolutely. Okay. This is, <laughs> not a talent. He's an artist. I am, Every artist I has pig, a system. I am pig also. Not Picasso. <laughs> pig also. <laughs> Pablo Picasso. So stick with me. Okay. I'm with you. Picasso. When I take off. You artist. With a G, not a C. Picasso with a G. So when I go on vacation, this is how it works. I will eat myself within an inch of my life for yes. a week, and I flash gain like eight pounds. Yeah. 
And that's my ticket to losing like 20 as I'm so disgusted at because a flash gain is like horrifying. Your breathing changes. Everything's bad. So let me tell you where the peak happened. OK, I'm a week off. We go to St. Louis for three days. We eat an entire baseball. This, this is after the third. You were the fourth of July yeah, night party. Yeah, yes. Then you, then yeah, you yeah, leave. Yeah. You're out and you no, eat like is, a pig. It starts before the fourth of July. OK, so before the fourth of July, I go out to St. Louis to film a package for the 4th of July special. Yeah. I bring Jenny and Lincoln. We go to the Cardinals games. Everybody out in St. Louis has heard of Big Chicken. Uh, Big Chicken is a world-class chicken establishment in the baseball stadium. Never heard of it. Well, anyway, I ate Big Chicken until they re- refused to serve me like a drunk person. Like, sir, we can't, you know, you're slurring your speech. We can't give you another chicken, <laughs> sir. We can't give you another chicken. So I ate a lot of Big Chicken, and then I actually got, they have something called Big Cookie, Ooh. which is a... <laughs> I'm not even kidding. This is crazy. It's a $30 cookie, which is because it's a baseball game. They just charge you like it's the last one on earth. Is it like like a super cookie? What what is this thing? Solid cookie. It wasn't great, but I mean, it's it's $30. I respect that. It's almost like a cookie dominatrix. Wow. They put a cigarette out on you before they give it to you. They call your names. They're like, I got to have one of these cookies. The woman sold it to me in a leather mask. It was great. So I ate the big cookie. So through three Yankee Cardinals games, I've eaten the stadium three times over. We've gone out to dinner every night. I'm a fat slob. Okay. But I've got to come. I love it. It's great. But I got to come back and, and host the 4th of July on live TV. So it's me, Carly Shimkus, Johnny Joey Jones, Aishna Hashni. Okay. We're on set in front of the plaza. Okay. Yeah. It's humidity. It was, it was disgusting. We were just sitting in Campbell's soup. Sweating bullets. And a, do, you have, Sweat, do you have a suit on fat, or a jacket? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a and t-shirt got, and jacket? Yeah, I've already got the vacation yes. fat in my body. You're you almost understand? sweating through your jacket, that kind of heat. But yes, so yeah. it's, it's, it's four hours of sitting there between the show and the pre-prep and everything else. And you're just a disgusting slough of a man, okay? When that was over, what I did, knowing I was going back to AC, but knowing this is supposed to be the pinnacle of the intake, I went to the McDonald's in Carl Place on Long Island alone. Ordered $64 worth of drive-in food and ate it all. That night? That night, before bed. Because you knew this was the end of the road. It's the Amish rum springer. That's right. You you let the yeah. kid off the farm to try electricity and, you know, yeah, do yeah, drugs, yeah, whatever yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. And he comes back to the farm the next day. You know, he's ready to raise he's a, a holy barn or do whatever, yeah. whatever he wants. So that's what I did. And then from that day you forward. You got on your pony and your wagon and off you rode. Whatever today is, the 5th of July. Oh, I'm now Hezekiah Fela. I'm straight Amish now. I'm getting it done. So can I just give it? So yep. I, same thing. So I okay. go on vacation. I go to Wisconsin for a week. I love Wisconsin. It. Mm-hmm. And I eat like a pig myself. Okay. And like I usually try to be pretty disciplined, but I'm like eating and eat like bread and beer mm-hmm. and like nonstop. So I come back and I I try to do intermittent fasting. I try not to uh-huh. have breakfast. I'll eat, you know, yeah. you know, and I, you know, have lunch and dinner. But I came back and I'm, I ate as of Monday night. It's now Wednesday. Monday night, I stopped eating. I didn't eat at all yesterday. I, I was going to do a 36-hour fast, and I'm, I'm starving my ass off right now because I haven't eaten yet, <laughs> He's Jimmy. He's going to snap. And I, I, am, I got here, and I'm like, I don't have time to go get something to eat. Not even a chocolate bar in the little, you know, yeah. or a bag of chips. Uh-huh. So, but if you do, if you can do the fast, it's tough. You got to yeah. do it. You gotta, but, but a 36-hour fast will drop some weight, and then if you cut the carbs. Yep. Cutting carbs is king because you can eat like a pig yep. eating meat yep, yep, yep. and eggs and dairy, but the weight will fall off. It takes about a week to uh-huh. get into uh, ketosis, but once you get to ketosis, you start dropping weight like a pound a day. 
Sean Duffy is here, and we're writing a weight loss book together. We really are. Live on the air. I mean, because when I think <laughs> Tell of weight loss stories. I know when I think of weight loss tips, I think of Jimmy Fallon. I look, I look at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this wasn't always two chins, folks. There was a time when it was three or four. But you know, everyone does the vacation thing, right? Yeah. They go, and it's like, I, I can be good, but I'm on vacation. I want to enjoy it. And yeah, part yeah. of enjoying vacation is enjoying the food yep. around your vacation and the drinks around your yep, vacation yep, yep, and yep. the big fat cookie around yep. your vacation. Yep. So you got to come back and get to reality. And you get, listen, you got a super, super big show coming. So you're yep. going to get slip. You might have to get like new jackets or get yeah, these coming. ones taken in. It's coming. It's going And then down. you work out as well, Jim. You do, you're, you're like. A lot of pull ups. Pull ups. Pull ups. How dips, many pull ups can you do? Well, I do them in sets, right? Don't lie to me. Just tell me. No, can you I'll do, do like six sets of 12. You can do 12 pull ups, oh, six sets of 12. Absolutely. Look so at I you. I do two grips. Are you ready? I do a reverse grip. Right. Okay. Which is kind of like a bicep workout. Right. And then what I do is I do the side grip. Do you know the one I'm talking is that the, about? The bars, the bars come straight out. Yes. Yeah, the, yeah. I do which those. Is easier. Okay. Which do I find the, those to be the, the easiest because like a hammer curl. Do you do the chin ups? Yeah. I do the wide grip, but I will yeah. I will tell you this. I find more of a strain in my forearms doing a wide grip pull up than anything. Like I don't ever feel a strength gain. I feel a potential injury about to happen. Oh, you don't want that chin. And that's what I mean. And I bet that's been in my life for like ten years. So I do the two grips. And you're still throwing your body weight around. I mean, I'm two hundred and forty pounds, so it's a good pull up. Of muscle mass. Yeah, stud solid steel. So I, I mean you can hear the women fainting as they listen so to this conversation. I and used, mostly men. I started two years ago, I could do like two dips. That was oh, it. really? And I got up to like sixteen. Okay. That's good. Right, that's pretty good, you know. Uh-huh. And I broke my shoulder. And it's still, it's still broken. <laughs> Not doing dips though. Speed club, and I broke my shoulder, and it's still broken. And I was gonna get it. I found out it was broken like in 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 April. And like, <laughs> I don't want to get it fixed because I want to have fun in the summer. Uh-huh. And so I'm gonna get it fixed. They gotta actually cut me open and fix it because I broke, I shattered it. But I can't do dips. Oh my god, that's amazing. And I can't bench now. I can't do push ups. So I gotta try to do a routine that doesn't involve my chest. So I'm kind of getting a, their famous Duffy breasts mm-hmm. where you almost need a brassiere if you don't work so you out gotta, with yeah, your Yeah, you got to put it together, Sean. Do. Sean no, by the way, no more kids are on the horizon with that kind of workout. <laughs> Sean, Duffy. Chest, Sean Duffy. Sean Duffy is here in a B cup trying to hold it together. <laughs> trying a, to hold it together. On a fast track to a C cup. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, give me 30 seconds on the whistleblower. No one's covering it but Fox. It's nowhere to be found. But basically, guy's a Democrat. He said they slow-rolled an investigation without even getting into the specifics. You know, it sounds like they shielded the Bidens. They recommended bigger charges, but were ultimately told it was beyond them and there was nothing they could do. Uh, you hear that. Do you see this going anywhere, or do you think Republicans are just shouting at the, barking at the moon here? No, I think, this, I think this matters. So one, you had not only investigators but prosecutors who made recommendations for felony charges. Mm-hmm. And the problem here is they saw a willingness, an intent to actually deceive the government because Hunter Biden was writing off his, his porn membership. You know, mm-hmm. he's writing yeah. off his kids' tuition. He was writing off... Uh, hotel rooms where he was doing drugs, not business. So they all saw that as a problem. That's felony behavior. It's yep. very, it's intentional. But also they slow walked in because Hunter Biden didn't pay tax money on the Burisma money. Yep. And they slow walked it, and he never has paid taxes yep. on the Burisma money. So I think it goes to the point of the corruption inside of mm-hmm. uh, our federal government. Just one last point: the Democrats keep pointing out that Donald Trump was the president. Joe Biden wasn't president when yeah. these decisions were being made. I know. That's the point. <laughs> they didn't want Donald Trump to be president. They wanted That's... Joe Biden to be president. They worked against the FBI and the DOJ worked against Donald Trump for four years Every in Russia collusion, leaking stories. 
And the same thing was happening here, protecting Joe Biden by protecting Hunter Biden. It is so crazy, but that's, you know, you really crystallizes when you say it that way is when you think back to the Trump administration, we were watching the government actively work against its own president. Yeah. I mean, that's what the Mueller probe was. The Mueller probe was a complete scam, but they knew it. But, they that's, knew it. but there's two things in play. So you know the Mueller probe was a scam, but they pushed it. It was, it was fake, but they pushed it as if it was real. They leaked it so the, the, the media but, could report on but it. But then go the other way. Okay, in the Hunter Biden laptop, they knew it was real, dating back to at least 2019, but they discredited it as fake. Right. Uh, it's bananas. Well, it's not. Well, so it, uh, again, yeah. you ha- you bro- this is it goes back to Barack Obama. Barack Obama stacked uh-huh. all these agencies with left wing liberal activists. Very smart on his part, mm-hmm. and they're using that activism now through the federal government, and they're using it against Republicans. And that work that Obama did is now coming to fruition. You see in in full action against Donald Trump, and now on behalf of. Of, uh, of Joe Biden. And the key the key on this, Jimmy, is you have to be able to fire federal employees. Yeah. You can't win an election and then take office and have the whole bureaucracy that you're supposed to run work against you. Yeah. That that's not democracy. That's not freedom. Yep. Um you gotta be able to have a president accomplish the issues and the ideas that they ran on. And mm-hmm. if you can't do it because the bureaucracy works against you, you don't have democracy at all. And so I hope, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy, they have to get rid of the protections around the union. And if you want to do what I want to do, great, you can stay. But if you don't, get your ass out of the office. Uh-huh. We're going to bring someone else in to accomplish the goals that the American people voted for. Imagine that. But just to be clear, because you dropped a few names, are you saying Asa Hutchinson's not going to be the next I, president? Listen, I'm not. I'm, not, you know, I'm going to go on a limb. <laughs> I'm going to put some money on that, Jimmy. Give me the odds. And I'm gonna... uh, by the way, I, I, and I, I, yeah, Ace is not going to be the president. <laughs> Some um, breaking news. Breaking news. I'm, I, listen, I'm going on a limb here on Jimmy Fallon's show. I'm you gonna, know that, that guy who's at one eight uh, hundredth of a percent in the polls. <laughs> Duffy's ruling him out right now. We did not this bombshell. But also, I mean, I look at I look at Mike Pence too. Mike yeah. Pence, you know, has been somewhat imploding recently. Again, I mean, I think people are suffering and they want they want real answers to yeah. the problems that they face, and they want a president. Lay it out for me. Yep. What are you going to do to fix the problems that we face in this country? And by the way, I may not want to talk about those issues publicly because I'll get slandered and slammed and maybe lose my job. But I want you to talk about them and talk about how you're going to fix them. Yep. Sean Duffy just giving out a blueprint to lose weight and a blueprint right. to win an election. It just, it, Did, can you get a more productive radio hit out of a guest? Lose weight by not eating. It's revolutionary. Sean Duffy. <laughs> Fast. He's going to get you in shape. He's going to get you elected. I mean, what more do you want out of a radio? What else can you do at this point? I'm all, listen, I'm an all-service guest on your show, Jimmy. You are. I'm all-service. We, we, we would ask you to solve climate change, but we know it's not real. So your right. work here's done. I mean, there's nothing left for you to say. Yeah, you, can't, you can't fix something that doesn't I, exist. So. Get in shape for the inauguration party, you guys. I can't wait to tune in. Jimmy, I just picked up my microphone. I he can't did. wait to tune into the special. On oh, my stand-up special, uh, yeah, and I know it's you. I, I know you have the big show on Saturday night. That's coming what you got to tune into. You got to tune in there, but in the, I think we'd get more viewers if you actually asked me to join your show one time. That'd be I would great. Love to. I ask you all the time. I'd I'm never on your show invite. today. I know, but I want to be on exactly. I want to be on your 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 real show. Well, I'll listen. One listen. of your hosting. So maybe if, in the future, if I should, get that show because it's like a rotation, they're going to figure out who the so when you get is. it. 
Sean, when you get confidence. it, am I going to get asked on? You now you sound like me in executive meetings because <laughs> I walk in, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting the show. Obviously, I mean, what are we even doing here? This is stupid. I'm channeling Jimmy, and they're like, okay. who is this guy? What why is he doing? We, this guy's crazy. Why are we doing this interview process? Of course, you're going like, to give it to me. Of course, guy. it's my. I am the funniest. <laughs> I am the best and the most handsome. And by the way, I am going to have the greatest weight loss in the next yeah. six weeks. Don't they know I'm on the Sean Duffy workout plan. Yeah. For that alone, they should give me the show. Well, this is outrageous. Twelve, uh, twelve pull-ups. In, in multiple sets, I'm impressed, Jimmy. Listen, I do six sets, you just should so do, you know. You should do your show topless. Why I, just like, just it's, been it's, been, it's been suggested. It's been suggested. It's like a sweeps week gambit. There's yeah, a lot yeah, of chubby yeah. chasers out there. No, it's not chubby. If you're doing that many pull-ups and dips, man, I, you, there's got to be some you know ripple about this? underneath no, that. No, I do. I have, some, I have a good prison body. I've good. I, I have a lot of muscle in my chest and my arms. Yeah, but I could lose like a legit fifteen pounds. So I have a good shaped chub. So it's, you, it's nice. You're firm. It's good you're, at a beach. You're a bit of an hourglass. You got to get a little more V, is what you're saying. Yeah, get there. Like yeah, my yeah. my no. I, be, I to be honest with you, I'm always like this is my goal as a guy who's forty five. Is I just always want to keep myself within like ten to fifteen pounds of being in shape because that's achievable. That right. It's hard to lose weight when you're older without like a massive undertaking, and I don't have the kind of schedule because I really like every. I don't have a day this you, week that won't be like a sixteen-hour day. You have a cot. Yeah, I have like a, a lot couch. of twelve to sixteen-hour days. Yeah. But the point is, I don't have a schedule that would allow for a drastic change. You know what I'm saying? They're just you know, they have a gym. I'm, in this I'm building, you go down there. Jim. I, I know. There. So you could use that. There's no excuse. Sean By the way, Duffy. I should feel more uncomfortable talking about your body than I actually do. It's actually quite enjoyable. <laughs> We've really taken it somewhere. We really, yeah, this is Sean I, Duffy. No shame. Don't worry. No I, shame I'm Duffy. pretty sure they killed your mic about five minutes ago. We're back after this. <laughs> Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f- is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right. All this food talk with Sean Duffy has Scotia fired up in Burlington, Vermont to close the show out. Scotia! Where'd you go? Scotia. Chocolate factory. Yes, hi. <laughs> I, I work for a chocolate company, Ooh. and I'm around so much chocolate. So when I go away on vacation, I justify my pigging out by eating nonstop ice cream because Ooh. it's nutritional. Good for and you. you can throw a couple of berries in it and justify it. So oh, that's my tip. Yeah. Do the ice cream, man. The you ice can put anything you want in it, and it and you're still getting all that nice fat. And it's a lovely thing. Oh, isn't ice cream <laughs> just the best? Yeah, ice cream's the way to go. And I mean, I love my chocolate, so I'm trying to not eat the chocolate, and I'm finding the ice cream's a nice little substitute. Scotia, I would. Of course, lo- we'll see when I step on the scale. But- <laughs> <laughs> now imagine, imagine you, because I am you. Like you're like my spirit animal. I just want to eat. <laughs> And I somehow wound up working in TV, surrounded by, like, TV people. These people don't eat. You understand? They all weigh, like, a. the heaviest guy on TV is about 130 pounds. So, like, I walk down the halls at Fox. People run the other way. They think I'm, like, Godzilla. And believe me, I'm, I'm like, two, you know, like 235 pounds maybe right now. Uh, but I just want to eat. I'll tell you what. So I'm going to – this is the deal. Like, I didn't announce the date yet, but I'm going to be shooting a stand-up special this fall, and it's going to come out in January on, like, Fox and Fox Nation. Um, when I get the special shot and I'm allowed to eat again, would you eat a bowl of ice cream with me if I came up and did an event at VMT? Oh, 
heck yeah. We're gonna, I we're need gonna... a half a gallon of ice cream. I'm not proud. <laughs> oh, Scotia, that is dirty talk. You could be charging me by the minute for this conversation, girlfriend. Well, it may it may very well happen. Um, I do have to go suck it in now because I'm doing Jesse Waters' show. I was we were just texting off the air, so I've got to forget we had this conversation. But uh, I, you'll be on my mind before I fall asleep later. I'll be thinking about you, me, and a gallon of ice cream. All right, girlfriend. There you go. Have a good one, Jimmy. You, you too, boo. I'll see you soon. There she goes, the great Thanks, Scotia. Bye. And now, just because of her, the the guy that knocks the food out of my hand is back in the studio. Put that cookie down now. It's one of the funniest things about being me. I tell you guys everything. I tell you everything. I tell you way too much about my career and what goes on here and how things work. But nobody is having a better time than me. Uh, but I am going to be sucking it in hard on TV tonight. I'll see you on Waters World. I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.